Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me. A sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God, I thank you that I'm not like those conservatives, capitalists, racists, science deniers, homophobes, and fascists. Yes, I thank you. I'm not like those conservatives. I wear my mask. I social distance. I care about police brutality, racism, minorities, and economic equality. I thank you that I am not like those conservatives. God, I thank you that I'm not like those liberals, socialists, secularists, atheists, radical feminists. Yes, those radical feminists and anarchists. I use common sense. I follow the law. I care about order and fairness, family, and equal opportunity. Thank you, God, that I'm not like those liberals. Now, dear friends, as you and I already know, America is extremely divided However, what you may not know is that the majority, yes, the majority of the conflict is not, get this, it is not rooted in the differences between opposing political theory, economic systems, and social issues. But instead, the conflict finds its roots in something quite obvious, but often overlooked. That conflict is rooted in people's self-righteousness. Yes, self-righteousness. In other words, when we find people slinging mud at each other on social media and television, well, there's a very good chance that the mud slinging is not, that mud slinging is not over political theory, economic systems, and social issues. 
Most Americans, to be frank, do not know enough about these things to have a meaningful debate on these subjects in the first place. However, we Americans sure fight. We sure fight with others. We sure get defensive when a family member, Uncle Bob, mocks one of our political or social leaders at a Thanksgiving dinner. The gloves go off. The fists go up. And the reason why? The reason why is that we Americans, each and every one of us, we have a very, very strong need to justify ourselves, to be right, to be whole, to be in that right category. Now, dear friends, do not let anyone tell you that Americans are not moral. We are indeed very moral. In fact, all of humanity is very concerned with being morally good and right and whole. No matter the person, everyone has this ingrained need to consider themselves as being right, morally good. You see, we need to be right in our minds, in our very minds, and it sure feels good when we know that we're right and everybody else around us is stupid and wrong and immoral. Now keep in mind that God's word has a lot of things to say, things that certainly shed light on the issues of politics, economics, and social issues. However, that is not the main focus of the reading from the Gospel of Luke this morning. In Luke's Gospel, we hear about a Pharisee. And what we observe in the actions and the words of the Pharisee is the human condition, the human condition, the need, yes, that need to justify ourselves, to be morally good, to be right. Simply stated, the Pharisee, he trusts himself and what he is about. The way that he lives his life, the way that he acts, the way that he talks, and the way that he thinks, well, that is all morally good and right. And those who would dare differ from him and his right way, well, they are obviously inferior to him. They don't see things his way or do things his way. Well, they are definitely wrong. They are losers. They are stupid. They are corrupt because they fail to do it his way. And just in case someone would dare question how right and good this Pharisee is, well, this Pharisee displays his virtue, yes, his virtue and goodness for everyone to see on the outside visibly. You know, he fasts twice a week. He gives a 10% of his money away. And again, these are virtue signals. These are things signifying and displaying visibly for everyone to see that he is good, he's morally right, outwardly speaking. And there's a catch. Because he does these virtue signals outwardly for all to see, nobody can question his goodness. Nobody can question his rightness because his virtue signals prove that he is good. They display his goodness for all to see. Now, it is easy for us it is very easy for us to pick on this Pharisee, for it is obvious that he is living in awful delusion. He is using his own standards of what he thinks is right. He declares himself good, and he made everyone else immoral around him. Indeed, he uses his own standards of what he thinks is right. He declares himself good, and everyone else around him, well, they are beneath him. They are immoral. He has declared himself to be king, to be right, to be the good one, 
Now, Jesus does not address this in the parable, so one can only imagine. But let us imagine for a moment if a Sadducee, yes, a Sadducee came to the temple that day to pray. A Sadducee who was also a part of the religious elite of the day. And that Sadducee came to that temple and he stood right next to that Pharisee. And let us imagine that that Sadducee, folding his hands, he prayed out loud these words, God, I thank you that I'm not like this Pharisee. I fast not two times a week, but three, and sometimes four, and I don't give 10%. I give 20%. I thank you, God, that I'm not like this Pharisee. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Now, I do not think that the Pharisee standing next to him would have said, you know, Mr. Sadducee, I couldn't help but hear your loud prayer, and I just have to say, my, my, you are so impressive. Good for you. Well done. God be praised. No, I don't think so, my friends. Instead, if this were to happen, there would have been a theological and moral cage fight, potentially to the death. Words would have been exchanged as they would have one-upped each other with their own morality, throwing down on the table more virtue signals of what they are doing and how righteous they are. And this, this is exactly why we fight so much in our culture today. We are a bunch of moralistic Pharisees thinking that we're better than those who are different from us. And when we are challenged, get this, when we are challenged, that spirit of Cain comes out in all of us, you and me as well, and that make, and makes us to want to fight. The spirit of Cain comes out and we want to fight. We want blood. We want those who challenge us to suffer and, yes, even die. How dare they challenge our righteousness? How dare they say that, that we are wrong? How dare they second-guess us and our intelligence and our work and our goodness and our credentials? Who do they think they are? Now, please understand that there's nothing, that there's nothing wrong with debating political theory. There's nothing wrong with debating economic systems and social issues. These are indeed a part of your vocation as a citizen You should debate these things and you should think about these things as a citizen, as a responsible citizen. However, the point that is being made is that we can easily become a bunch of political, economic, and social Pharisees. You see, you can be 100% correct in your theology, 100% correct in your good works, your politics, your piety, your economics, and social concerns, and still be a smug, self-righteous Pharisee. We must understand this crystal clear today. Even though we may be right, we are not, I repeat, we are not justified. We are not justified by anything we think, anything that we say or do. Righteousness before God does not come from our political party, It does not come from our economic theories. It does not even come about how right you might be. This is why Jesus, yes, this is why Jesus clearly tells us in the gospel reading that the tax collector, not the Pharisee, went away justified. Think about that for a moment. Yes, ponder that text from Jesus. Ponder that parable of Jesus. 
You see, that Pharisee, he crossed his T's, he dotted his I's. As a Pharisee, he tithed, he fasted, he kept the Sabbath, and he loved God's law. All of this was good, but he was not declared righteous. Sure, the Pharisee told himself that he was good. He, he actually acted like he was good, and he had all sorts of virtuous signals telling everyone on displaying how good he was, but he was not good before God. He was not good because he put confidence in himself while regarding everyone else with contempt. Baptized saints, mark this. Hear this today, there is only one kind of righteousness. There's only one kind of righteousness that declares you good. That righteousness is Jesus. And so if you think that you are better than your neighbor because of your views or because of your political theories, your economic systems or social agendas, you are a Pharisee and you need to repent If you think that your actions, your virtue signals, prove to everyone that you are superior, know this, your virtue signals will burn like chaff at the great last day. Virtuous things done to snub other people and prop up your own worth are not virtuous, but evil. There's only one kind of righteousness. There's only one way to be justified, and that is Jesus. Not you, not what you have done, not your ideas, not your theories, not what group you are a part of, and certainly not your virtue signals. Jesus, period. Frankly, you can live your life as a Pharisee thinking that you are better than everyone else, constantly fighting to display your virtue, constantly telling others how great you are and snubbing others around that don't meet up to your personal standards and still go to hell. Or you can understand, you can understand, you can understand with the tax collector that there's no one good, not even one With the tax collector, you can beat your chest, confess your sins, that you are a sinner, that you have failed in thought, word, and deed, and you can hear the good news that Jesus Christ did not come for self-righteous Pharisees, but he came for the sin-sick. He came for the sin-sick. The gospel is for sinners only. You see, as a tax collector, life is much different than a Pharisee. As a tax collector, you don't spend your time trying to convince everyone else around you how great you are. You simply confess your sins, acknowledge your weakness, and you open your hands like a beggar to receive righteousness from another as a gift. Yes, as a gift, as we heard in our epistle reading, a free gift, Christ's righteousness, his grace and mercy. Now, does all this mean that you cannot have thoughts and opinions and insights on political theory and economic systems and social issues? No, you can, and you should. Yes, you should. But hear this, as you weigh into the events of our culture, you as the baptized do so knowing that the blood of Christ is that which justifies you. And that same blood that justifies you, that gives you righteousness, It's the same blood that is for your neighbor, that is for your neighbor who might disagree with you. You see, sin 
Yes, sin is not exclusively found in your neighbor's heart, but in both your neighbor's heart and your heart. And both hearts need Jesus. It is only through the blood and the righteousness of Jesus that you and I, that we can love those who are enemies. It is only through Jesus' blood and righteousness that you and I can debate and visit and converse with our neighbors over all of this stuff with humility, not smugness. And conversely, when others pressure you, when they come at you with their superficial virtue signals, that you need to somehow adhere to them, you need not fear, you need not worry. For your righteousness supersedes the foolish attempts of mankind. You see, your virtue signal is not a thing that you might do, but your virtue signal is a cross and an empty tomb. Your virtue signal is Jesus and him alone. He is your righteousness. Baptized saints, never forget that the Lord declared you righteous here at this font when he washed you with that mighty water word. Never forget that the Lord has declared to you in this church service by his powerful word that you are forgiven of all of your sins. Never forget and know that he puts righteousness right there upon your tongue and into your bellies so that you may know that the Lord is merciful to sinners, sinners like that tax collector, sinners like you. And sinners like me. You baptized saints, the good news of the gospel is you are not Pharisees. You are sinners whom Christ died for. And you are sinners who are justified, meaning that you've been declared righteous, that by the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus for you, his righteousness, his accomplishments, God sees you and declares you as saints, perfect, holy saints in Christ, because he has had mercy on you. The goodness of the gospel, the mercy of God, the rich grace of God is for you. Righteousness not in yourself, righteousness not in other things, but righteousness in Christ all for you. Nothing held back, all given as gift. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.